And so this morning I want to speak a message entitled, Be Light, Not Darkness. Be Light, Not Darkness. And in Matthew 5.14, it states something really important, and I want you to listen to this very carefully. You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a basket, but on a candlestick. And it gives light to all who are in the house. Sometimes we get used to light outside. And if you live where Kathy and I live, and where Aaron has lived, in Boulder Creek... Darkness hits us when we don't want it to. We lose all power in our homes, all over the mountains. But then we all have to do one thing for us to be able to see. We have to light a lantern, a candle. We have to light something to bring light back into the room so we can see. Well, what Jesus has done for us is that we were in darkness and he brought light into us that we would see. That we would be able to see what was in front of us, where we're headed, and what he wants for us. This world is full of darkness. I know you've noticed that. I know you see that. I know that it's quite understanding in your heart's mind that this world is dark. It's not a good world. It's not a a very holy world. It's not a place to where uh, people are praising God on the street corners. There's no revivals out on the streets, especially in San Francisco and across this nation. It seems that it is getting darker and darker and darker. But what I want to say to you today is a challenge to you. Put your light up on the hill so people can see Jesus in you. That they see Jesus in you wherever you're at. It could be at a restaurant. It could be at a friend's house. It could be working. You know, when I worked jobs as we were building a ministry in Santa Cruz, I worked for three different companies. And in those companies, they were secular companies. So I wasn't able to do what I'm doing now. When I went to work, there wasn't a pulpit there for me. There wasn't people just waiting for me to speak. There wasn't a great worship leader there ready to settle our hearts and our minds in worship to get ready to hear what God had to say or, or were even healed during worship or saved during worship. Went to work and I had to clock in. Had to wear a uniform in one place. In another place I had to wear a tie. Could you imagine wearing a tie running a hardware store? But anyhow, and then the third place was a Christian bookstore. So I was able there to come in and be a little bit more freedom with what I believed. And I could testify to people in line or 
when they're coming up to the cash register. But in the other two places, I had to shine a light just by my activities, by who I was in Christ, by putting a smile on my face and understanding that they're there to work, but they're also there unsaved. Some were. Most, by the way. And they don't know Jesus. And my life shines so much there that one person said to me, don't get near me. You have too much Jesus in you. And another place that I worked, the, one of the secretaries sat across from me because I was a manager. She turned her desk around and I said, why did you turn your desk around? She goes, I don't want to have to look at you all day. Because she was convicted. Because she saw something in me. And what I'm saying to you, there should be something in you that shines supernaturally. That it's just there. People notice you when you go into a room. People see that you're happy. You know, you walk into a room and you're all sad. You feel like kicking somebody out of their chair. You're just, you know, you're just bummed out. Your knuckles are dragging on the ground. Your shoulders are pointing forward. Your neck is stretched out so, so far because you're dragging your chin on the ground. You look a little funny because you're so down and out. Now, this is what the world does to us. It, it brings us down and out. But Jesus lifts us up out of that miry clay which I spoke of last week and he gives us a new song in our heart a song that says praise ye the Lord that I'm new in Christ Jesus I'm brand new I want you to look at your life for a moment before I get into preaching deeper is this look at your life and and I'm not asking you to raise your hand and speak out I'm not asking you to give me a wink like yeah I'm, I understand and that's who I am I just want you to look inside your life today and ask yourself this question am I the same person I was before salvation today after salvation do I act the same does the same joy level there am I am I shining the light of Christ or am I seemingly bummed out all the time you know, that bummed out is kind of a California word. It's a hippie term. You know, you're bummed out. You know, you're just down and out. You know, you know I'm not feeling well, I guess is more modern day, you know, emotionally today. But I'm saying is that are you that same person? I can tell you, I will answer for myself. I am not the same person I was before I got saved. I am a new creature in Christ Jesus. Freshly made and every day freshly anointed because I pray and I read the word and I read things that challenge my Christianity from Christian writers that literally say, are you preaching the gospel or are you just trying to entertain people? You see, we need to be people that literally say to God every day, we are different because of Jesus and what he did at Calvary's cross. And he has given us the Holy Spirit of the living God. He has filled us with power. He has filled us with the knowledge of his word. And that we are happy. 
happy that we are Christians and we belong to a family that's worldwide. No matter how dark the world gets, we're going to shine our light. And let me tell you, light penetrates darkness. Darkness does not penetrate light. So let your light shine. Light breaks through darkness. It just, bam, breaks through it. Listen to these three things that I want your faith to realize. Your faith is the battery, by the way, of your light. Your faith is that battery. You need to have faith in the Word. You know, I look at that book called the Bible, and I read that book, and I read miracles. I read healings. I read people being baptized in the Holy Ghost and fire. I, 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 I read about people just running so fast that they ran ahead of horses. And I, I read about a little widow woman who literally gave Elijah her last bit of meal and bread and her cupboards were full. I, I, I read about a little boy that died and, and, and Elijah was called over and literally laid on top of the boy three times and he, and he breathed on him and he, he rose from the dead. I read about the blind man who was blind from birth, but yet Jesus touched him and he was made whole. He saw. I see miracle after miracle after miracle. I see Paul, who was a slayer and a murderer. He became the greatest Christian leader in the Bible besides Jesus. Paul. In other words, I see the miracles of lives being changed. When I look across this congregation, I see miracles. Lives have been changed. Lives have been made whole again, have been recreated again, have been renewed and revitalized, and the mind has been renewed by the washing of the Word. We have been regenerated. In other words, our generator has been regenerated. And we are alive in Christ Jesus. We are not dead to sin, but alive in Christ. Praise God. So my faith in the Word is huge. Because if God did it then, He can do it now. He can do it tomorrow. He can do it whenever we come before Him and pray in Jesus' name. If we believe, we shall have those things which we have prayed for if we have prayed according to His will. Amen. And what is God's will? That we be healed. That we be saved. That we be renewed and refreshed by His Word. Secondly, we need to have faith in Jesus. You know, when that blind man heard that Jesus was coming, when the little widow woman who had blood issue for 12 years heard that Jesus was coming, when the man who was blind and Jesus walked by him and they stopped and he said, what do you need? Because he screamed out. He says, I've been blind. He said, here. He spit, got dirt, put it in his eyes. He said, go wash at the pool of Shalom and your eyes shall be open. He went and washed at the pool of Shalom and his eyes were open. This blew it up that day in that city. It blew it up. They called his parents in. They, everybody said, isn't that the man that was once blind? You see, now he was shining such a light. 
and they question him, they question his parents and his parents, because, you know, he did it on a Sabbath, you know. Yeah, well, the best time to do it, I guess, was when Jesus was around, because Jesus did what he wanted to do when he wanted to do it, because he was here to help mankind. He wasn't bound to these laws and precepts, because he wrote the laws. So they called in his parents, and his parents said, I don't know. It is our son. I don't even know who did it. They kept on questioning. They said, why don't you go, go get your son? We'll, we'll question him again. She, they said, thank you. They were a little worn out of all the questions. He comes back in, and they start questioning him, and he says this. I don't know who he was. I don't know who he is. But one thing I do know, I was blind, but now I see. I was in darkness, now I see light. Jesus came into my heart and I see the truth. I have faith in Jesus. I have faith that Jesus is never going to let this church disband and dispel and ever be gone. But I have faith that Jesus is going to build this church because lest the Lord builds the house, it's built in vain. I have faith in Jesus that he can do anything. He can do anything. He can heal cancers. He can open up blinded eyes. He can take a cripple and have him stand and walk. He can take a tongue that's mute uh, and, and stuck to the cleft of the mouth and speak to it and it can praise for the first time. Praise God. He can call me to preach. Out of darkness, deep darkness, into the light of the gospel of Jesus Christ and call me to be a preacher. Filled me with the Holy Ghost and power. I've seen miracles that he has done through these hands. These hands haven't done it, but Jesus has done it. And I'm saying to you, I have faith in, I have faith in the word. I have faith in Jesus. And then also, not lastly, but, but it's just as important, faith in your walk. What am I saying? Sometimes we just sit down and say, I'm not doing any good. I'm not like that guy over there or that person over there. They're, they seem to have it all together and I don't have it all together. You have to have faith in your walk. Your destiny is important. You know, when you were in your mom's womb, God called you. God knew you'd be saved. God knew you'd be messing up out there in that old dark world doing things you shouldn't do. And God said, I'm going to go down there right now and I'm going to take that hand and I'm going to pull that person right up out of that darkness into my light and he's going to be saved, sanctified, filled with my power and anointed by God. Amen. Amen. That's what God does. He does those things. He doesn't sit up there in heaven saying, well, I'm a little bored today. He says we can enter boldly into the throne room of grace whereby we can obtain mercy and grace and help in our time of need. Wow. Our time of need. Sometimes on your walk you have times of need. 
Don't let the enemy come and have you all of a sudden feel so bad that you feel like God doesn't care. God cares. What he wants you to do is have faith in your walk. Have faith in what you're walking to and towards and where you're coming from and where you're headed. Have faith in your walk. Jesus Christ is leading you. He is guiding your steps. He has set your feet upon a rock and established your goings. You've got a firm foundation, so no matter what, walk on that foundation of the Word, on that foundation of Jesus. Walk on the foundation of your presence before God. He is your God forevermore. Let me tell you about the enemy for a moment. I don't like speaking about him much, but I want to just throw this out there so you can grab a hold of it. 2 Corinthians 4 and 4. The God of this world has blinded the minds of those who do not believe. They don't even recognize that there's light. They're just blind. Hey, let's party. Let's party for tomorrow we may die. Let's party all night. Let's party. Let's party into the week. The minds are blind. It's like, yeah, okay. Life is full of party and full of drugs and full of alcohol and immorality. And wow, that's fun. What a great thing. Let's watch that crazy stuff on TV that makes us go so far out. Our, our, our thoughts about God. We, we're seeing soft porn on television today. Can you believe that? It's out there. You see drug use on TV. You see all this stuff. And everybody gets entertained by that. That's the God of this world. Blinding the minds that they would not believe. Lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ. Lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ. Who is the image of God should shine on them. You see when we call out to Jesus. When we respond to the drawing of the Lord, when we respond to prayer, do you remember the day you got saved? I'll never forget it. I remember the very day, the room that I got saved. And matter of fact, I met with some people the other day, and they're old friends. Her husband was the one who prayed for me in Stewart, Florida to be saved. Amen. I met with a pastor the other day, a good friend of mine, and I explained who that pastor was to my oldest granddaughter, Sierra. I said, do you know who he is? And she said, no, but I think you told me who his name is. And I said, yes, I did, but do you know who he is to me? No, Poppy. I said, This is the man who was my first pastor when I came into the church of God. This is the man who held the revival where an evangelist by the name of Brother Mitchell came and literally stopped the revival midway through and pointed at me sitting in the second row, no, the front row actually, and pointed to me and said, Your life is never going to be the same after tonight. Something happened in me. And then when I went to the altar, I said, this is the man who confirmed my calling. 
at the altar. You see, there are people in our life that want to come along our side and help us and give us strength. They want to carry us further down the road because sometimes we come to a an end we feel like we can't go any further and that's when the enemy wants to jump in and kind of throw all that darkness in there but God wants to show his light his marvelous light into our hearts and that we would know the image of God is resident in us and around us you see as you grow in the Lord you start to see God everywhere in a restaurant you see God in your work you see God in the bark, you see God. When you walk down the streets, you see God. Because you are wide open with light. And see what God can do for you. This is what Jesus said in John 8 and 12. Am I helping anybody today? Amen. Then Jesus again spoke to them. He is telling them who the light is. I am the light of the world. That's what Jesus said he was. I am the light of the world. He who follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Amen. There's a lot of candles in this place this morning. You're a light. God sent us a new candle this morning. Amen. We have a candle that's runs our sound and it's that candle of silence that's back there doing what God has called her to do. We have candles. We're all candles. We're the light of the world. And he said, because we will walk with him, we will not be in darkness, but we'll have the light of life. That's what's in us. Life, not death. Life, which comes into our life and just draws us up out of the pits of the darkness that we may fall in because of, of character flaws or emotional trauma or something that somebody came into your life and said to you one day, you're no good. You're a horrible person. I don't even know why people like you. What is going on in your life? You always cause trouble. They, you know, they have those nice compliments. Instead of coming into your life and saying, man, you're a great person. I want to encourage you. You may look like you're going through some trouble right now, but I want to encourage you. God's got a plan for your life. It's an awesome plan. It's a plan that never ends because you're going to step off this earth one day into the presence of the Lord for eternity. There's a light. And you're that light. Because he is in you. I want to tell you three steps quickly. Three steps to victory. Three steps to victory. Number one step. Your attitude's got to be right when you walk with God. Your attitude has got to be right when you come to church. Your attitude has got to be right when you're around people. Having a bad attitude always causes people to be turned off. Having a critical spirit causes people to be turned off. 
having an uplifting heart, having that attitude of Christ that, that man, I'm, I'm, I'm born again. I'm on my way to heaven. I'm favored of God. I've got the attitude today of what it is to be saved. I'm so thankful that I, hey, I got a job that may not be the highest paying job in the world, but I got a job. I live in a house. It may not be the largest house in the world. It may not be the smallest house in the world, close to it, but I live in a house. I've seen houses where I've visited where people were living. It, it was very hard conditions. But they were happy. They were happy because they knew the Lord. And they, they had the word in their heart that they may not sin against him. They knew Jesus in them was the hope of glory. They were there. They were so happy. It didn't make, you know, certainly they would love to have a larger home with more bathrooms and, and more places to sleep. But what they do have is shelter. But the shelter that they really acknowledge, the attitude of shelter, is the shelter of the Lord. Amen. He dwells underneath the pinions of the shadow of the Almighty, Psalm 91. A thousand's going to fall to my left and ten thousand to my right. No evil shall befall me. No plague shall come near my dwelling and no disaster shall be on my path. Praise God. I know that my help doesn't come from those hills. It comes from God. And I know that the sun will not burn me by day nor the moon by night. I know that I will not dash my foot even against the stone. And I know I'm going to be blessed coming in and I'm going to be blessed going out. He is my God and he is going to be there and he is going to bless me, protect me, and keep me. He put a new song in my heart. That song is praise ye the Lord or thank you Jesus. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God forevermore. Amen. Amen. That's what God has for us. Every day in our life. Stop looking at the condition physically. Look at your condition spiritually. That changes your attitude every time. Secondly, our approach to God, our approach to people, your victory comes By Jesus leading you to the right place. Do you know that his word is sharper than any two-edged sword? Did you know that his word is alive and powerful? It's not a dead battery that you have to rub real hard or stick on your tongue to see if it's got any life left. It's alive and it's powerful. It's able, it's so sharp, it's able to separate the joints and the marrow. The spirit and the soul. And his word knows the very thoughts and the intents of our life. I'll tell you that when I know about that scripture and I quote it all the time, it makes my approach to life much better. Because he's alive in me. He's powerful in me. 
He knows what I'm thinking. He knows my thoughts. He knows the intents of my heart. I'm going to walk with an attitude of, of victory. And I'm going to approach God with the thought of my mind. God, I am your child. I have been blessed by Jesus who gave his life for me. He, 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 and he promised me the Holy Ghost. And he gave me the Holy Ghost. And, and baptized me in fire. And I'm going to approach you with this knowledge. When, when I come in the throne of grace. Of trying to obtain mercy and grace and help in a time of need. I want you to know that I'm glad I'm here. And I'm not coming in sulking, bummed out, crying, uh-huh. give up. I'm coming in with the approach of here I am. Jesus, that is Dennis. Here I am. Praise God. You know who I am. Yeah, that loud preacher, that passionate preacher. But today I'm coming in as your child. I'm coming in before the Father. Because I have a right. I am washed in the blood. Tell the devil that when he tries to kill your attitude. Tell the devil that when he tries to kill your approach. Tell the devil you're washed in the blood of Jesus Christ. You are washed in the blood, the redeeming blood that was shed at Calvary's cross that is as fresh today as it was 2,000 some years ago. Amen. That's who he is to us. We need that attitude. And sometimes every Christian needs an attitude adjustment. Sometimes we just need to get into the word. You know, you know you're in a bad attitude. Let me tell you, let me tell you a couple little things. Thank you, Holy Spirit. You know you're in a bad attitude when somebody comes on the radio and they're a preacher and you don't want to listen to that stuff and you click it off. You got a bad attitude. Or something comes on TV and it's, you know, has to do with people being blessed or one of these celebrity preachers, which was very fabulous and very great. And as God is using them to preach all over the world and you go, I don't believe all that stuff. And you click it off. Maybe there was a word there for you. Maybe it was powerful. Maybe it was something God wanted you to hear. Don't. Tell God what vessel you want to speak to. Let God choose the vessel at the moment as he speaks into your life. Let him bless you with what he wants to bless you with. If God calls, answer. God's not a spam call. And I'm going to tell you something. He'll leave a voicemail. And sometimes that voicemail will start, I called you, you knew it was me, why didn't you answer? Call me back. You see what I'm saying? I'm saying that we have to have that attitude and the approach. And then lastly, the step of victory that means so much to God is we need to have acknowledgement. So quickly we forget God when we get blessed. Oh, I got blessed at church the other day. Oh, whoa, it was so good. The pastor laid hands on me and I got filled with the Holy Spirit or I got healed. Or I got slain in the Spirit. Or I, I, got, I got so happy I started running around. I just want to thank the preacher and the church. 
Something's missing here. I want to thank the Lord. For without the Lord, there would not be a church. Without the calling, there would not be a preacher. Without God's touch and promises, there would not be healing. Let me tell you something. I want to praise him first of all. I'll thank someone else later. I want to praise him and thank him. Praise God. Kathy and I, when we were asked to come here, it took two years to get to this location. I praised him through the whole time. I prayed for the transition for everyone involved, but I praised God for what he was doing. And I praise God that we're standing here today preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ in the lives. And as I preach it, I hear my words and I say, thank you, Jesus, because I can't preach without you. I want to acknowledge him. I want you to acknowledge him. Acknowledge him. That's what worship is all about. We're acknowledging Jesus before the word comes. Oh, we acknowledge one another when we come in. Tony, good to see you. Good to see you. You look an awful handsome today, by the way. Well, I know you knew that already. (laughs) Second, Tony, how you doing, brother? You're looking great. Amen. I think you need to hear this. I'll praise that God. Mark, how are you doing? So glad about your testimony today that you told me. Thank God. It's only going to be God. Amen. It's good to see everybody. Aaron, it's good to see you, brother. I love you. Praise God. I, and, and, and you know what? I'm so glad that Diane's here because I get a suite at the end of the service. Praise God. But I'm glad she's here because she's here praising God. I'm so glad for Bill. I'm so glad for everyone that's here, praise God. I'm so glad that A.J. decided by the leading of the Holy Spirit, not on his own accord, but by what God wanted him to do, he obeyed. Hallelujah. So I thank Jesus for that. I want to acknowledge that. See, when I worship, today I didn't worship and say, Lord, I thank you today because I just, you know, want to. I thanked him for who he was and is and who he will be in my heart every day. I thanked him that he connected AJ and I in the spirit first before we could do anything. We need to be connected in the spirit. You're not connected in the spirit. You can't really do things properly. But I want to thank him for everyone that's here. I want to thank him for this building. Yes. I want to thank him for, the, for this city. We are called to San Francisco to win the city. We are called to San Francisco to love God, love people, and win the city. Thank you, Lord, for a vision that makes sense. A mission statement that says, yes, we can if the Lord helps us. Amen. Amen. So those are your steps. And I have, to, I have to write this in this graphic. I want to put it there so you can see it. If you can't, it's, it may be hard to see, but so let me read it. Do everything, this is in the message, do everything readily plus cheerfully. No bickering, no second guessing allowed. Get out into the world, get out into the world 
uncorrupted, a breath of fresh air in this squalid, squalid is a word that means dirty and and murky and, and filthy, plus polluted society. Provide people with a glimpse of good living, of the living God. Carry the light-giving message into the night. That's that's the uh, rendition in the message of Philippians 2, verses 14 through 15. Let me read it one more time. Do everything readily and cheerfully. No bickering. No second-guessing allowed. Get out into the world uncorrupted. A breath of fresh air in this squalid, polluted society. Provide people with a glimpse of good living. Of the living God. Carry the light giving message into the night. That's acknowledgement. That's having the right attitude. That's having the right approach. Right there in that scripture. I want to ask you seriously, with all my heart, as I always do. But I want, I want you to be able to say in your own heart, I am not darkness. I am light. I'm not going to hide in the darkness. I'm going to be the light. I'm not going to close my door and shut off Jesus for two days, three days, four days. I'm never going to shut off Jesus because he's the light. He's the reason that I have any light. And I want to keep my minds and my my soul out of, of the corruption of this world. And when I walk out uncorrupted into a world, I want to shine light so people will see me and know that I've been with Jesus. Yes. I've been with Jesus. Amen. Amen. And I want to ask you, would you do that in your heart today? Would you take a moment or two or whatever it takes, however long it takes, but start down that path of a faith walk with the word, faith walk with Jesus, and a faith walk with yourself. I'm going to live in faith because faith is the battery of my light. Because if I don't have any faith, I don't have any light. Because if I don't have any faith, I don't even believe Jesus existed. But with faith, that's my battery. And when I do walk, I'm going to walk with a good attitude. People will see me coming and say, well, that guy's got a great attitude. That girl's got a great attitude. That person's got a great attitude. I'm going to walk like that. And when I approach them, or if I approach church, if I approach God in the throne room of grace, I'm coming in with the right approach, a believing approach, a trusting approach. An embracing approach. Have you ever got a hug from somebody and you hugged so good and you felt like that person was hugging like, hurry up? 
God. You get a hug around him, he draws you close to him. You feel the breath of his love on your neck. And he's not going to let you go until you say, I, I need to get going. You'll never go, ooh, with God. You'll go, can I stay a little bit longer? You see, God's lap, in my closing statement, God's lap is so big, it can contain the world. Amen. I'd like to pray with you if I could. Maybe a prayer that says, Pastor... Help me build my faith. Help me have a stronger faith. Because I'm going to tell you right now, the enemy will try to tear down your faith. God has a plan. He's got the timing. And you're in it. Didn't say God has the timing. God's got a plan. And somewhere along the line, he forgot about you. No. You're in it. You're in it. And you're wonderful. Be encouraged. The Lord loves you because you are the light of the world. You're his flashlight here in this city. You're that person filled with the power of God and the faith that you have is brightening and brightening a light. As your faith grows, that light gets brighter. If you'd like to come up and pray with me, that'd be great. If you can sit there and pray with you, I will. <clears throat> pray with you right where you're at. <clears throat> Did anybody receive anything today? Amen. <clears throat> and Father, I pray today for all my brothers and my sisters here, my friends. I pray for such a dynamic of your light, the dynamic of your power, and the dynamics of your, your faith in us. You showed me the other day, God, in my spirit in prayer. Because a man needed to hear something. And before I talked to him, you showed it to me. A spiritual son called me on the phone and was concerned about some things that needed to take place. And he said, I've got the mustard seed faith, Pastor. And this is what God had me speak to him. Father, you remember what you said. He may have a mustard seed of faith, but where did he plant the mustard seed? Has he planted it in his own self, knowing he has it? Or did he plant the mustard seed in me? You see, if we plant our mustard seed of faith in God, it grows. If we keep it and say we have a mustard seed faith, it's not going to go anywhere. We got to plant it in God. Jesus even said when they asked him, help us in our faith. He said, have faith in God. Transfer your mustard seed today that your light will shine brighter because your faith will grow larger in all that you do. 
And Father God, I pray for this whole church right now. I thank you for each individual, those that aren't here and those that are. I thank you, Lord God, that this building is going to fill up, not by our works, but you are going to do this, and we are going to be the receivers of a blessing. But we praise you for it even now before it happens. We thank you, God, for what you're going to do and what you are doing, and we're going to see the results with our own eyes. I thank you, God, for three churches that are going to be planted out of this church here in San Francisco. I thank you, God, for many, many, many souls that are going to be one out of the grips of the devil, out of darkness, into light. I thank you that this church is going to be a catalyst for salvation. And I just praise you for that. That's where our faith is. That's where our faith is. That's where our faith is. Let's stand and sing that song. Win the city again. Yeah. God bless all of you. I love you all.